Welcome to another episode of That's a Wrap podcast. I am your co-host, Jay Rosales. I am joined by my co-host, Dre, our producer, Jason. And the Raptors are coming off a 126-98 drubbing of the New York Knicks. Guys, how you feeling? My God. I Well, at first I was going to say we would have to win this ugly because that first quarter was not very pretty. And then, right. you know, the Toronto Raptors show the true colors. Or is it the other way around? I really don't know. Well, let's just say that uh, Fizdale, he looks like he has aged. Yes, like a few twenty years has gone off his life, man. It looks bad. <laughs> yeah, well, I couldn't be happier. Uh, any longtime listeners know I despise the Knicks, so <laughs> good. This is a good day, so we're good. So, sometimes when you see a, a team like that, and you kind of feel bad. Like I don't. Okay, don't get me wrong. I don't feel bad for the organization because I feel like obviously there's some craziness that that is going on in the management that has to be fixed but when you see those players and the coaching staff feel so out of it everyone's just playing for themselves like the amount of times that it it, it, it uh shot like uncontested or just shot threes at like 20 second mark into the shot clock or like uh <laughs> julius Randle, you know trying to play bully ball and then mitchell like it was just all around everyone just just trying to stat pack as much as possible the only person that i could see trying really hard was rj barrett and was that was it just me no that's why he's currently on route to being rookie of the season because uh first off uh you know williamson is is out and uh as we learned from last year trey young fantastic you can't catch up to a guy midway season like luka Doncic. so currently rj parrot is undisputedly the rookie of the year for me personally mm, i would argue and, against uh, that but yeah, a I, bit. I would argue against <laughs> that but you can keep going you can go on that <laughs> well for, for my reason it's mostly because the only reason that these knicks have even a chance is because this guy who's new to the game is carrying Everything else, an entire organization, let alone all of the, the vets, you know, the people who have been here for a while on this current team, this garbage ass team is being carried by this one dude. That That's why for me, he is, he gets that pick. But uh, who would you think? Oh, it's easily John Morant. Yeah, he's, it has to be John He's Morant. doing the exact same thing in Memphis. And at least they have, I, at least, oh my gosh, I should fact check this before I, I blurt it out. Um, at least they have more than four victories. Uh, <laughs> let me just fact check Not that. Not by much. Let's have a look. But okay, let, let's say let's um, say he also. Okay, doesn't... Memphis is at Memphis is at five. Okay, so that's <laughs> 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 a clear victory then. <laughs> uh, another thing why I want to give it to Job because Memphis. I mean, yeah, they only have five wins, but they have a shooter's chance at least in in those games. I haven't been an advocate of Memphis. I don't really watch them very much. So I can't tell. But I mean, of course, I'm an advocate of JV. John Moran's going to be rookie of the year on hands or at this moment, hands down, but you know, you, you still, uh, Zion's is stated to come back, uh, in December, but okay, let's go back to the Raptors. Like I said before, mm-hmm. at first it was a little ugly in the beginning. We let the Knicks come in with 29 points. Uh, we look a little discombobulated and I feel like we played down to our opponent a lot of the times. And when it comes to like a, better opponent we play up to uh, that skill like i feel like if toronto just 
plays their style every single game for four quarters, we're going to be fine. Uh, and that's what they did for uh, the three-fourths of the game. Uh, but when you when you come in here, this is this is where I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be like the negative Nancy here, but like I don't want to see the Knicks put up 29 and we put up 21. You know, I want to see us put up 37 and then put up 17. That's what I want to see. So I just hate it when we do these like slow starts and then we realize who we're playing. You know, you realize that you're playing the Knicks, man. The Knicks are are irrelevant at, at this point. So I don't want to wait until the second quarter. <laughs> I uh, firmly agree. I love the Raptors and their permanent franchise capability of closing the game or like attempting to close a game and coming close when they've been down by a lot, but it almost feels like your group buddy in, uh, in university, you're doing a group project and he's a procrastinator. And it's like, <laughs> uh, it's like, Jesus Christ, you just finished like an hour before. Yeah. You got the job done, but like, can you not, can you stop doing that? I want to get a good grade. I don't want to panic. Like just, just do it already. And that is a great, you know, I get, I get what you mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, <laughs> Thank you. The, and and you know it it did look kind of uh, like one of those possible letdown games, right? I mean, we'll we'll talk about it in a bit. But we, last we spoke, the we were wondering about how the Raptors would would do against the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, and you know, spoiler alert, we we won. <laughs> but my, my the worry, <laughs> at least a little bit going into this, was that um, that there was a bit of a letdown, right? And I think you saw a little bit of that in the first quarter. And even leaked a bit into the second quarter, where they built up a thirty-two to twenty-one lead. But uh, you know, we got to remember that the Raptors are are one of the best teams scoring-wise in the second and third quarters. So I don't know about you guys, but I wasn't worried. It was just a matter of okay, no. you're taking a little bit longer to wake up here, guys. Like, yeah, exactly. I expected that to happen by the end of the first, not you know, uh, several minutes into the second. Exactly. I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying that I was worried at all. It was just more like, come on, let's let's get this going. Why do we have to wait until the to the second quarter? We're playing the Knicks, so on and so forth. You know what that is, though. And I'm 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 harking back to. I, I'm I'm pointing myself out. That's that spoiled Toronto Raptors fan right there. You know, like we were so used to playing so well and everyone doubting us, of course. And we're just like, you know, what? let's hurry up and show this. It's just the 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 Raptor fan in me. I'm I'm now used to being a champion. I'm now used to being able to beat these guys. You just want to step on their throats and just keep continue on to the next game, you know, and when you face one thing, one thing you I won't blame you or anyone to get used to feeling is defeating an Atlantic Division foe at home because the Raptors yes. have now done it <laughs> an NBA record 33 times in a row. The last time they lost right. at home to an Atlantic <laughs> Division foe was early November 2015. That's that is, four that's years crazy. ago. It was to these Who was very it? Knicks. It was to the Knicks, but I mean, oh. the team was so old. 2015? We yeah, we were starting Jose Calderon. We were starting Alan Anderson, he wow. of the Big oh. Three fame. Uh, yeah, so it's been a long time. And oh my god, you know, after this victory and the victory over the Sixers. Oh yeah, I talked about the Sixers, didn't I? Uh, yeah, we we continue to defeat, defeat Atlantic Division foes at home. This can I just say I'm just looking up the roster of the 2015 Knicks. You got Carmelo Anthony, Porzingis, Andrea Bargnani. Alex, oh, wow. uh, Alexi Shved, 
Derek Williams, <laughs> Aaron Oflalo. This this roster is amazing. It's amazing. I feel like this roster is better than this year's Knicks still. <laughs> but, wow. That long ago, eh? Well, it is. Jeez. Jeez. But yeah, no, 33 wins against yeah. against Land Division. Like clearly this is this this Toronto Raptors team. I know that we we've been talking uh back and forth on on our group chat and it's just like it's so funny watching uh the NBA, like when we're talking about like the Beach Reports, the ESPNs, the 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 Yes Network, the you know all all the outlets, being surprised uh, that the Raptors, let alone like players like Siakam and and Fred VanVleet, it's it's just funny watching them talk about us because. So I was listening in, and I'm gonna go back to the Philly situation. Okay, I'm listening into Sirius XM Radio about about them talking about the NBA. The first 10 minutes, I, I kid you not, and it was like a 15-minute segment, or even like a 13-minute segment. The first 10, 11 minutes was what was wrong with Joel Embiid. Three minutes oh, in, three, uh, three, the last three minutes was, but you know what? Toronto's pretty good. You know, it's, it, it's just so <laughs> funny. It's so funny watching them try hard to talk about the only players that they know. Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, their boys, their, and Nick Nurse. Like, that's, that's all they know. But then you, you, when we watch these guys, we see Terrence Davis. We see Chris Bosh. We see Chris Bosh. Chris Boucher. We see Rondé. <laughs> we see all these, all these players relishing when we don't have two of our biggest starters. By the way, we're, we've, we're on a five-game winning streak. We don't have two of our starters. This team, <clears throat> I don't know about you guys, and I want to ask you, is this team more exciting than last year? Yes and no. Last year we had Kawhi Leonard, which is always amazing. It's always amazing to have a superstar like that. But for almost the reason why last year was amazing and we're missing that this year, it's almost even more amazing in a way because it's like, wait, we're still incredible without this guy and Danny Green? How are we still doing this? How are we one of the top 10 scoring or winning teams in the league right now? This is amazing. And like technically in the East, we're tied with a bunch of teams for a straight second. So, you know, that's all just prioritized by who got there first. You know, the Bucks are the only team that, that have over 12 wins. They have 14. But we're tied with the 76ers, the Heat, the Celtics, we're up there with all of these teams that everybody is touting as the best in the East. We're still there. And we've got that with an MIP, soon to be our franchise's you know, top all-star player of the year. He's got to be an all-star. If he's not, I will eat my own hat. This is exciting because this, is, this isn't Kawhi Leonard that we got as superstar, which is amazing in its own right. This is, oh my God, this is the Raptors team we always wanted. The homegrown from the ground up, mm-hmm. they're authentically ours, and they look fantastic. Mm. Yeah, and I, I, you know, to answer your question, I, I think the it's it's kind of tough to decide, but I would actually say yes that this Raptors team is actually more exciting than last year. That's really just the way in which you worded the question. I mean, if I think about Kawhi's brand of basketball, what do you? picturing you're picturing isolation ball right mm-hmm. and he's not that flashy and he just kind of is you know very workmanlike and just gets his points and that's it whereas you know our version of Kawhi this year siakam has his spin moves he has the the pull-up threes he has the 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 crossovers and so like it's it's more exciting and visually appealing um and then i think about the rest of the roster right and it's like there there are guys with it like rhj is uh, I don't know. I feel like he has more hustle than any other Raptor I've seen over the last several years. Mm-hmm. Chris Boucher, who you mentioned, 
uh, I actually didn't think twice when you accidentally called him Chris Bosch because with his dreads, he does look like Chris Bosch. So <laughs> I think now uh, we're we're at a point where, yeah, we're, we are kind of spoiled with how this team plays. We're a little bit spoiled with how successful they have been year after year now. Um, but, I mean, just look at the results. Like today alone, uh, seven different players in double figures. Uh, and I want you guys to guess who hit... The most three pointers today. Chris Boucher. Dre, who do you think? Oh, I'm gonna no, go. I'm, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Sorry, but go ahead, Dre. <laughs> no, you can go ahead. Because I was gonna guess Boucher as well, so I was gonna be wrong. I ha- it has to be Siakam. Yes, with five. Is it actually? Yeah, five of eight from from three. Um, and then. Another follow-up question to that. Who do you think had the second most number of threes? I'll give you a hint. This person scored four of five threes. Uh, I wonder, well, why, am I, why am I looking? I'm looking at it. Terrence Davis? Dre, who do you think? Uh, it's not Boucher, is it? <laughs> Look at that. Look at you guys named. Terrence Davis, three of eight. Boucher, Two of four. You know who's four of five? Malcolm Miller. Wow. All of 14 minutes. No way. So the the point I'm trying to get at is this team is deep and yes. very exciting. And mm-hmm. they, in fact, scored a season-high 21 three-point today at a rate of a season-high 51%. So this team is just so fun to watch mm. so um yeah without I'm, we were talking about without Lowry, without Lowry and with, without Ibaka without Matt Thomas you still got 21 threes out of this team like it's and without Mark Gasol performing Marc Gasol so, did get that three from Spain though that was a, that was a <laughs> deep three it was but like considering what he used to be capable of and one of the reasons why we why we signed him that's still fantastic that it's all these other guys. Mm-hmm. So I want to kind of answer my own question. I think it is the, depending on how I, I kind of phrase that question. But I, I want to say it is this team is a little bit more exciting in ways of which we don't have a star. And, and I like how you said it, Dre. It's like a homegrown team. You see these players that you want to root for all the time. Uh, and I'm not saying that last year we didn't root for anybody, but we had so much expectation, I guess, with with the addition of Kawhi and also, you know, uh, trading our franchise player. But now you see like uh, I, the aforementioned names Every single one of them, you want them to succeed. Every single one of them has like a different story and how they got there. And mm-hmm. each and every time they talk, they keep on talking about like the uh, this the camaraderie there, the the history there, the 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 team there, the uh, how they communicate, the relationships they have. It's like a it, it's almost like a family feel. And then you look at the like opposite direction, the, the opponent. That's why I was like, oh, why do we let these guys uh, have a lead? Is because you, they don't have it. They don't have that family. The Knicks don't have that kind of family feel. They don't have anyone. No one's talking. In the beginning of the game, I remember a couple of times where. Pascal was either dribbling too much or he was turning the ball over or he was just doing too much. And then mm-hmm. there comes a point where Fred Van Vliet kind of took him uh, to on his wing and said, hey, this is this is what you got to do. I'm not too I, obviously I don't know what they said, but like you see that leadership, right? You don't see that anywhere else, especially on the Knicks. You see that with, uh, quote unquote, our bench from last year. 
right? And that's that's what's incredible to watch. And that's why I want to say that this team's a little bit more exciting than than last year because this one is just like I'm so happy for these guys. I'm so happy that these guys are succeeding and putting these guys on notice. And now here's another question. I, I know that we want to uh, continue on and talk about Monday's game because we haven't had a chance to. But before we go on, is it a bad thing that the Raptors are getting noticed now? Do you, like these these players? Again, I'm not going to name the names again, but these players are known to be the underdog. They're known to be overlooked. And if you have like the, the all these outlets are looking at them, it's like, oh, now they're going to, now they have all of this expectation. Is this a bad thing for the Raptors or do you want to see, do you like to see it, the name kind of be mentioned more and more often? Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to probably be speaking for myself here, but I remember being like a kid growing up. And obviously a Raptors fan, I would go to all these games. It didn't feel wrong to like the Raptors, but it almost felt like weird because the media would never really treat them like they were like one of these teams, one of these favored teams, let's put it that way, especially like back in the day when we had Carter and McGrady and all of that. Even then it was still like this big stigma, like, oh, you know, who are these guys? They're just this Canadian team. And, you know, to prove my point, you look at the team now, we're still not getting any respect, and we won a goddamn championship. So, you know, it was almost weird back in the day where it's like, we have Stojakovic, or we have um, Hakeem Olajuwon, you know, past their prime, sure, but it's like, you know, we have these guys, and and it just doesn't feel like we have these guys because it's the Raptors. I don't know how to explain it, but it, it just always felt like, because we weren't given the respect by pundits, professionals, and journalists and all of that, as a, as a kid and a teenager, it was like, I don't know, it's it's just the Raptors. I love these guys, but we're just kind of the Raptors. And you're like looking at it now, it's like, no, we're the, we're the goddamn Raptors. Like, yeah, a lot of teams have their, their ebbs and flows, their highs and lows, but we're a solid team. We have fantastic players, especially currently. We should be proud. And, you know, if part of this recognition is going to stop a younger fan from feeling the same way I was, you know, with a little bit of guilt because it wasn't the Lakers or something. So be it. Be proud. Your team's fantastic. I think it's uh, it's a bit frustrating to be on this end of it. But I think after 24 plus years of being that underdog, of being, you know, playing second fiddle to our American counterparts, you know, it's it's almost like it's ingrained in uh, the Raptors fans' DNA, and um, you know, we're still seeing it this year, just on Monday, right? The the I don't know why people care about these rankings, but it makes for good debate. ESPN oh. had their weekly top ten, and the Raptors were nowhere to be seen. Oh, and and I think that it's it's funny because like before, you know, you know, going back to those days. What that that Dre is referring to, where like you know this is kind of what we grew up with. Um, it's a great time to be a Raptors fan because now it's like okay, we'll let our our play do the talking. And last year, when when people were focusing on oh my gosh, uh, Kawhi is just a one year rental and uh, he's not even he doesn't even like it in Canada and whatever, we just proved it on the court. It's like who cares what you say? We're just gonna go out and win the title. And this year, it's that same mantra, right? It's Okay, say what you want. Leave us out of your top ten. Go ahead and doubt us. Meanwhile, the Raptors were six and two before Lowry and Ibaka went down. Their record since eight and two. 
or hmm. 72. Damn. I can't remember. Damn. It's one of those two. But <laughs> it they they equaled and surpassed the record they had before Lowry Nubaka went down. So we're just going to continue showing it, right? And, um, you know, I, I can't help but feel like there is a similar scenario starting to play out with Team Canada because, mm-hmm. um, again, we, we are recording this on, on, on a Wednesday evening right after the next game. But earlier today, the, um, the draw for the uh, Olympics uh, took place for the, the qu- qualifying tournament for the, for the Olympics. And Team Canada was drawn into a group that is including Greece. And the talk has all been about, oh, my gosh, it's going to be Antetokounmpo against Team Canada and whatever. Uh, last I checked, Greece doesn't have any other NBA stars or NBA players, really, on their roster outside of the other Antetokounmpo brothers. Meanwhile, like Canada, <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, Canada is stacked with NBA players. Like, we don't have room, actually, for some guys. Like, mm-hmm. someone like a Corey Joseph may not play or may not make the cut mm-hmm. someone like a um i don't know let's say uh oh someone staples from the past like andrew nicholson or um tristan oh or, or linick yeah yeah they're, they're yeah. exactly we're so stacked with canadian players that it's like i feel like team canada is going to follow that same blueprint that the raptors follow which is okay you're you're not they're not going to talk about you so you know, it's kind of ironic that Nick Nurse is the head coach because I feel like he can lead us to a lot of surprising results. Yeah, and, and it's going to be funny because, like, I know that there are a couple of people on Twitter like, how much uh, tampering is going to go on during those uh, qualifying matches? <laughs> but <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna wait off. We're we're gonna um, hold off on the Canada talk because. Just a little bit of house cleaning. We're going to do a, uh, something different for That's a Wrap. We're actually going to have a part two uh, of this. And we're going to keep going on with this. Uh, we want to know what you guys think about it, uh, uh, listeners. So we're going to start off with a part one about essentially just Raptors talk. And then a part two that's going to be released later on in the week. And uh, we're going to talk more about more generic basketball, more NBA stuff, and it, which will include the Canada basketball. So stay tuned for that. We'll talk about that in part two of That's a Wrap. Now, I didn't get a chance to talk to you guys about the big old donut that Joel Embiid had against the Raptors on Monday. And I know <laughs> the Monday game is, you know, it's, it's, it was Monday, right? And it's kind of past news because the first the first play that was ran for Joel Embiid against, uh, I believe, a Sacramento, he got a he got a dunk. So he already surpassed in the first ten seconds. He already surpassed his his scoring uh, well, in, in the game, him. right? So <laughs> it's it's more like okay, this this is why I'm harking back on the whole like the whole media talking more about Joel Embiid and his big old donut, and then finally talking about the Raptors. But the thing is, it. How much of that was is Marcus being in his head or Toronto being in his head? Because I know that the the last time the Sixers was here, we all know what happened. We all know the bouncing. We all everybody knew exactly where they were. And I'm sure that the Sixers have have too. And you can say how much these guys are professionals, but when something like that happens, and you can say all the what ifs, what if we go to overtime? Are we still going to beat the 76ers? Are we still going to win a championship? Is Kawhi st- uh, still going to probably, well, I guess he'll probably still leave. But regardless, there's so many what ifs. And for them, it's what if it missed, right? But for us, uh, we're so glad that it that, that shot made it. 
And now it's like, you have a Sixers team that's coming in after all of that, after going through such a heartbreak, and you're going to come in and Joel Embiid, your touted star, your franchise player, your top center in the league, top center in the league that are being that that are touted as the next Akeem Olajuwon, is going to put up a donut. <laughs> Damn. I mean, I know uh, that I know that Kyle Lowry put up a donut in a playoff game, but he was at least effective in the game. You know? Yeah, he was a positive plus minus. Uh, no disrespect because I like the 76ers. Joel Embiid looked like me playing in the NBA. The guy was like missing passes and they were going out of bounds. The guy was like not hitting foul shots for God's sakes. Like it was it was terrible to watch. And like I don't know. First off, it's it's hilarious because he's technically not scored against the Raptors, even though he's played against us since last season. So that's pretty funny to think about. Secondly, um, you know, with all the talking he does with other players, comeuppance much? I, I personally view Joel Embiid as a fantastic player, but a a bully of sorts because he himself perhaps isn't the most mentally strong player. And that's proven here where is Gasol great? Yes. A lot of that was because Marcus Gasol is a great defender. But a good chunk of that was because Joel Embiid is fragile when it comes to his mental game. And once he started missing, that was it. The difference is Lowry's game. He said, okay, none of these shots are, are hitting. What am I going to do next? He wasn't accidentally sending stuff out of bounds. He wasn't like slipping and sliding and like freezing on the court. He just wasn't hitting anything. Joel Embiid didn't know what to do with himself. And I've never seen an all-star of that caliber just drop it in a league like this outside of Roy Hibbert. Let's hope we don't see another Roy Hibbert situation. I remember when we were doing the um, our, our preseason pod and, and making our predictions on the season, um, a, a couple of us, I know, I remember I said it, but I believe one of you guys, or maybe all three of us agreed that um, Philly is, is, there's a concern with Philly. And I remember saying that, you know, when when push comes to shove and when it becomes time for a, a clutch situation with no more Redick and with no more Jimmy Butler, who the heck is going to score in the clutch? And we saw that come to light on Monday. Mm-hmm. There was no one that you they could right. turn to. And there was just, they looked so inept on offense. And the Raptors figured them out. They managed to keep them scoreless over the last four minutes. And that's really going to be the recipe to defeating them in not only the regular season, but in the playoffs. It is mm-hmm. keep it close with them if you can. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you because you can, they'll probably, you know, whittle under the pressure because they have no one who can score in the clutch in the fourth. Um, back to the thing about Embiid is, so if he can't be the one that we can, that, Philly can um, rely on, and Ben Simmons still doesn't have a shot. Then, mm-hmm. then what have you got left, right? And mm-hmm. you know, kudos to to Marcus All on what what he was able to do. I mean, he's he has some some a, a large piece of real estate in Embiid's head. So yep. it's uh, it's quite it's quite amazing to have that guy in our team. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, I because I'm a Sixers fan, I follow their social media a lot. A lot of the fans were pissed because this isn't the first time that there's one of many games, especially this year, Brett Brown has zero idea what to do in the final few minutes of a game. And that has cost 
out of their losses, it's cost the majority of them. Yeah, this is got to figure I, that out. Otherwise, is, he's gone. This is where I, I do uh, agree of, of many things about why Marcus Saul is very important to this team, not only because he's going to be, you know, such a good facilitator, such uh, a good leader on the floor, but literally, literally just to go minute by minute, second to second versus Joel Embiid because they have no answer for it. They have absolutely no answer, and it's so fun to watch. And they're going to have a chance to prove it to the rest of the league. Joel's going to have a chance to prove it in Philadelphia in a couple of weeks uh, when we go visit him on December 8th. But before we uh, finish this part one of the episode, let's just look into the upcoming games. So on Friday, we got the Magic. Uh, We're going to Orlando, uh, which is I feel like this is going to be the game where... I at least Serge comes back. He loves playing against Orlando. Of course, his fa- his family is there. Uh, and then we got the Jazz coming to town on Sunday. That one's going to be quite exciting. I got a couple of people, a couple of friends who are going, and I feel they asked me if this Jazz team is going to be good to watch, and I said absolutely. I feel like the Jazz are very, very fun to watch. And then we got a big one against the Heat on Tuesday, who are actually looking really, really good. Maybe not right now. I know they're down a couple of points. Uh, on this game on on uh, on a Wednesday, but what do you guys think? Magic, Jazz, Heat. I think the Magic's going to go over very easily, especially with Vucevic and what's happened to him. Um, the Jazz and the Heat could go either way. I foresee either a win and a loss, or possibly two losses. And I can't I can't say which one's going to be the win and which one's going to be lost. I I don't know if they're going to be both, but if they do. That's my Raptors. They're awesome, but it's going to be tough. Uh, I'm going to be a hypocrite because I just talked about how the Raptors are are always being doubted, and then I'm not going to back up my words, and I'm going to go ahead and doubt the Raptors. So <laughs> uh, I think the Orlando game has the makings of a trap game. Um, I did not mention that in my weekly wrap-up because I thought that we would win. We won the first two meetings, and we should win the third. However, this one is in Orlando, as opposed to where the first two were at Scotiabank Arena. And the Magic are the only team this season to hold Toronto under double digits in terms of three-pointers made. Hmm. And that just happened last week in that 113-97 victory. Um, So... And we already know the effect that Jonathan Isaac has. He is really a beast uh, and can really shut down uh, Siakam, one of very few in the NBA. So I, I foresee that could be one of those like trap games, right? Where mm-hmm. Because after that game, the Raptors play four games against really strong opponents. You already mentioned the Jazz. They are number one in defense in the NBA. Um, the Miami Heat, and that's a rematch with Jimmy Butler. We know they always come to play. Like, even just Miami without Butler were, have always given us a hard time. Um, and then there's still two more games after that, one against the Rockets and one against the Sixers. So, I mean, it's it's a, a tough stretch to look forward to. And I feel like if the Raptors kind of start looking ahead without looking at what's in front of them, they, they could easily just overlook the magic and say, oh, yeah, we already beat them twice. Uh, you know, they don't have Vucevic, and uh, we, we should be fine. This this will be an easy win, whereas it's on their home court. You know, something like a slow start could actually bite us in the ass. So I'm going to call a, a loss uh, in Orlando on Friday. Wow. Um, and then that wake-up call and a victory against Utah on Sunday. 
And then finally with the Miami Heat, I really don't know what to predict with that one. Uh, Miami is all over the place. They've had games where they've started with like 30-point leads in the first quarter, and they've also started with 30-point deficits by the second quarter. So mm-hmm. I really don't know what to make of them. Uh, I'm going to say, oh, man, I'll just go Raptors victory. Just play it safe. Nice. Um, and yeah. Uh, the only reason why I'm going to go lost with the Heat is because I, f- I, I honestly do kind of fear Bam Adebayo. Like uh, he's playing so freaking well, and he's a be- he's like a he's like what Dwight Howard still wants to be like. And Bam is is playing uh, like as the fact that Whiteside is gone, he's he's playing like he's supposed to be there. I know that he was a G leaguer and he came up, uh, not really knowing his role, and then now he's he's the their full time, uh, I guess power forward because Miles Leonard is Myers Leonard Myers Leonard is is their Myers, center, yeah. but yeah, no, I, I really do fear Bam Bow, and then of course Jimmy Butler is an all time Raptor killer, but I feel yeah. comfortable with the Magic. Yeah, uh, the, again, um. I'm going to harp back to the Raptors always playing down to our our, our opponents. Um, I'm not saying Magic are, are as bad as the Knicks, but we do have a tendency of starting a little bit later than usual. The Jazz, uh, you know, the, it, it's hard to say. I feel like I'm just more excited to watch the Jazz, to be honest. Like, I like Mike Conley. I like Donovan Mitchell. You just don't, you don't want to hate the Jazz. They're they're really good, but I do feel like we can we can outplay them just because of our speed. And then the Heat, like you said, Jay, it's it's a little hard to it's a little hard to take. And I just I'm so afraid of Bam in a battle, man. He's he's so big, he's so big. But yeah, it's it's gonna be tough, especially with the Rockets and 76ers coming up after that. I do hope that you're right, Jay. I don't want the Raptors to look ahead, and I feel like they haven't done that already. Why would they do that now? But all right, I, I one one quick note. Sorry, yes. one quick note Go about this Jazz game that I failed to mention. Uh, it could be a really, really big one, um, not only because of who we're facing. Um, as we kind of alluded to earlier, both Lowry and Ibaka could be back mm-hmm. for that game, mm-hmm. which is a good sign. Um, and another good sign, this is more on the emotional side, I guess. It's the first time Conley and Gasol are going to face each other. It's going to be really... Oh, right, right, right. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> and and also, uh, uh, center or I guess feelings aside, Rudy is just coming off of a injury as well, so might be oh, yeah. might take advantage of that with that Gasol. Uh, but good point, Jay. All right, so again, uh, Raptor faithful, Raptor or Dats Rap faithfuls, uh, thank you again for listening. This is going to be part one, part two. I'm hoping to release on Sunday, so look out for that. Uh, but until next time, boys, Dre, where can I find you, man? You can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs. You can follow my films, editorial, and review website, Films Fatale, F-I-L-M-S-F-A-T-A-L-E.com. I'm currently going through every Best Picture winner that there ever was. I've reached the 70s, all the classics, like The Godfather, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Rocky. See what I think about those before I hit the, the dismal 80s with some of their not-so-great movies. Um... Jay, where can I find you? You can find me on Twitter at Rosalisaurus. You can find my weekly wrap-up report every Monday on Raptors HQ, which is also where you can find this podcast. Uh, Jason, how about you? All right, boys. And you can find us, all of us, at That's A Rap Podcast. And make sure to find us on Raptors HQ on Twitter and wherever you get your podcasts and podcatchers because that's where you find us. Don't look at don't look up That's A Rap. You won't find us. You'll probably find a lot of hip-hop stuff, which is also kind of cool. But look up 
Raptors HQ. That's where you find us. All right. Until next time, boys. That's a wrap. Part two coming up. Speaking of which, uh, Golden State's still hitting that three. Three wins. Oh! Hey-oh. Fim, 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 fim.